Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by Jeanette Harvey, Senior Vice President of Specialist Staffing Group. Now, in her role, Jeanette leads multiple organizations within this group, and this includes really great work across banking, pharmaceutical and med device, and the technology sectors. One of these organizations, Real Staffing, is one of the largest global life science recruiting firms, and Jeanette leads sales and operations across all of North America. Her North American business now generates over $100 million in annual revenues, and under Jeanette's leadership, the organization has experienced consistent double-digit growth and has grown at five times the industry average. Now, you listeners that have been listening to us forever know our motto is take what the market gives and then some. That's exactly what she's been doing for a long time, taking what the market gives and then some. Jeanette is an avid advocate for the development of the sales profession. She shares outstanding content, and if you don't follow her, you need to. I love her passion around the development of the sales profession, and I am super excited to have her join us today. Jeanette, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have you. I've been uh, following you for a while, and, and really a lot of the things that you do and say and share has been super helpful to me, and I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while. Can, can you start by introducing yourself and the specialist staffing group to our listeners? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Jeanette Harvey, and I'm the Senior Vice President for the Specialist Staffing Group. Um, you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not from here, originally from, uh, from the UK. And the Specialist Staffing Group um, set up their North American business around 15 years ago. And what we do is provide across a number of key industries, very specialist and uh, executive level talent um, within the STEM markets. Nice. And, and so you guys work with a pretty broad base of organizations, if I, as you've shared it with me before. That, that's got to be a really interesting experience and, 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 and I guess perspective that I think that you get as you work with so many different. I can't wait to dive into that. Can you finish before we get started? Just share a little bit of your story. I, I'd love for you to share with the group. How'd you get started in sales? You know, most of us didn't grow up saying I'm going to be in sales when I grow up. I still feel like I missed my calling as, as a first baseman on, a, on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, you know, and so how'd you get into sales and ultimately how'd that lead you to S3? Yeah, sure. Um, 
So, and, and just for the, for the listeners, so the S3 group is the parent company, uh, is the, the sort of global entity. And then the specialist staffing group is, is the US business within that. So, um, so on my, my story, yeah, as a little girl, I, I think I, I grew up thinking I was going to be an actress and, okay. uh, and ended up in sales. So I don't know, maybe there's some similarities. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, for me, I grew up uh, truthfully with very little. And so um, I was sort of on my own from age 18. And I was in the moved to London at this point. And uh, sales was a really, um, I think, a natural home for me. It um, it really enabled me to to kind of support myself, and I think the meritocratic nature of sales really appealed to my personality. I'm a really hard worker, and I, I don't do anything half-hearted. And so, um, yeah, I sort of dabbled initially in sales. Um, I spent a couple of years doing financial sales and then I got my first role in recruitment when I was 21 and um, they gave me the smallest territory. Um, of course they did, yeah. <laughs> anything from this sort of 21-year-old, um, you know, very green um, hire that they'd made. And within three months, I was outperforming the top performer in the, the company. And, and bear in mind, this was the largest recruitment company at the time in, in the UK. So we were talking about thousands of people. And so I, you know, never really stopped putting 100% into to that role. I was consistently a top performer, but it ultimately ended up being a pond that was a little bit too small for me. So that's what led me to the specialist staffing group. They um, wanted to establish their North American business. Um, the, the sorts of organizations and roles was, was very much kind of elevated from what I had been working on. And um, who doesn't want to be part of uh, this amazing entrepreneurial journey? We were very much UK and, and European based at, at that point. So being able to uh, join the organization and, and be a pioneer at age 23 wow. and, you know, jump on a plane in, uh, in New York and, um, and uh, yeah, just, just kickstart the business. It was an amazing opportunity. And um, my, my boss and I, we, we founded the US business and, and really took it from zero to, 280 million over the last 15 years so as you can imagine it has been quite a ride um, at times it felt like completely the wild wild west that we were just figuring it out as we went and uh, we went from from figuring it out to being this really incredible um, sales machine where we have hundreds and hundreds of people working for us and um, and I think a legacy that we both feel extremely proud of. Now, I love that story. So, yeah, you, you take a, a really cool organization, but you bring it here and you're acting like a startup. And to go from zero to 280, congratulations on your success. That's fantastic. Thank and, you. And so I, I want to use that, that. I mean, that story is exactly why this is going to be such a fun conversation. Let's start with where you just finished. I love what you talked about, how you were 
figuring out as you go. I've, I've started a couple of companies. I know what it feels like to be figuring it out as you go. Yeah. Um, there's a part of it that's exciting. And there's a part of that that's kind of scary. And, uh, and uh, there's a part of that that's kind of exhausting too, right? And um, so right now you work with a lot of sales organizations. You lead a sales organization. You get to see the ones that are growing and taking more than the market gives. You probably see other ones that are barely staying alive and everything in between. Um, how does someone move from figuring it out to kind of having systems and processes? That's, that's my first move. My first question I want to ask you about, because we have several thousand people that are listening to our conversation right now, and some of them are going to still be in figure it out mode. And, and I would say one thing far on top of that, Jeanette, and then I'll shut up. It's hard for me to do. I apologize. Um, I think sales leaders, even in mature companies, quite often stay in figure it out mode because most investment goes to the sales people and very little goes to the sales leaders, right? The sales leaders get the job, they get the territory, they get the team, they get the quota. And then they're said, then they're told don't miss. And so we are often left in figure it out mode for a long time, aren't we? How, how do you move from figure it out mode to, you know, where we got method to the madness? Yeah, I actually think it's a balance between the two, right? So you almost, um, you know, any organization, if you're going to bring it to scale, you have to figure out a formula quite quickly, right? So you need to work out what's working. And in order to um, understand what's working, you have to be prepared to try different things. So it it is that um, delicate balance between the two. But leading and and actually building a sales organization from the ground up uh, we really gave people a roadmap so a blueprint for success we said you know if you do the following activities um, consistently and we will help you to improve the quality of what you're doing you will be successful and within that I think is the temptation from a leadership perspective to sometimes go too far in the other direction and you start choking people's ability to be creative. And so just always being mindful that just because this is the right way to do it right now, it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be other great things that emerge. Um, and, uh, and, and actually that, you know, from bottom up, great ideas that we can then add to our formula. So I think it's, it's that it's really that balance and and not being afraid of um you know of of kind of cr- any level of creativity messing with your formula you know i'm really glad you said that um i'm seeing that challenge right now with a lot of the customers that i work with on the sales leadership side i would say um probably 5 years ago that that the word, the title or not title, the, the concept of the data-driven leader, like you heard about that all the time. In fact, I had, I had so many people that wanted me to give speeches on the spreadsheet that I used, right? The leadership spreadsheet that I used. And now I look back at that and I think that it was too numbers oriented. It was way too you know, rigid and we did choke out creativity. I'm really glad that you say that because I think that you need to use formulas for sure, but I don't think it replaces that creativity because if it was one thing I learned last year, it's that those that adapt are those that will, that will thrive, right? So if you're a sales leader and, we're, and they're listening to you right now 
they may find themselves in that no man's land of how do I use the formula, but don't choke out creativity. Any kind of tips on how creativity can thrive, but still have some of that kind of formula in place? Totally. And so, first of all, I completely agree with you about adapting. So okay. I think the minute that a business and a sales leader is incapable of adapting, um, you know, it's, it's, you can just look at the business and, and uh, you know, the, the uh, effects of that can be seen left, right and center. So that agility and the ability to adapt is, is critical. Um, for sales leaders who need to, to kind of find that balance between formula and, um, and, and really empowering their teams to be creative, mm-hmm. I am a huge, huge fan of data um, in the sense of data, tell, data informs a lot of your thinking as, as a leader. It helps you to understand the story. So if I was going to be sitting down with a sales leader to talk about their business or a sales consultant to talk about their business, um, looking at that data, that's going to tell me a story. First of all, are you doing just what we've agreed, right? So in terms of the, the actual numbers, the activities that lead to success, and if they are, then you know that it's more of a quality issue. And I think okay. that's when your conversation can become so much more uh, meaningful to to the you know to to your to the sales consultant. Right? Is um, then you start to look underneath the hood, and you have those coaching conversations that I think really help people to to kind of elevate their performance. But just when I see sales leaders kind of winging it, they're just going in, they've got somebody who's not performing very well and they sit down with them and it's just guesswork. You can't do that. You have to first use data to get an idea of what may be going on with this person in order for you to help and, and to support them. And then I think from a creativity point of view, uh, actually the people that we really need to be talking to are our best performers. Um, so sometimes you can, you know, you leave them to it. They're performing and, and uh, you know, that happy days of everyone's, uh, everyone's thrilled. But actually, that's really where I think the pinnacle of creativity comes because, you know, good people find hacks. They're always finding better ways to do things. So just making sure that you're you're talking to those top performers to to really sort of tap them um, for better ways of doing it and um, shelving your ego. Right. So if they have found Mm. a we have found a better way of doing it it's better than the way you've told everyone to do it that's fine that's great um so I, I think you know sometimes ego is is the enemy to these things too because um you know salespeople, it's it kind of sometimes goes with the territory um but but just really really not letting that stand in the way of, of welcoming really great ideas even if they are not yours all great ideas don't have to be yours you, you hit something that I think is super important, Jeanette. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I, I think you're right. So many sales leaders, they approach, I don't know if it's a team meeting or the job in general, for sure the one-on-one coaching. You brought up coaching, so I want to sit in this topic for a minute. Yeah. Um, they, they approach the one-on-one like they've got to bring something to the table. Like I have to come with a suggestion. Or I got to tell you what to do next or you know, I, what a, I don't know if you know Keith Rosen. Keith's one of my favorite coaching uh, people. 
Keith uh, has this concept of coaching reps in your image, trying to make them just like you. It's, it's, it's quite funny the way he, he he shares that. Right. Um, I think that the thing that you need to bring most to the table is a listening ear and, and maybe a couple of, 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 of questions, but mostly a listening ear and the ability to try to add some context to the way they see the world. I'd love your thoughts around that. And then I want to cut, and then I, I, I want to sit in this topic for a little bit. So any thoughts around why that ego gets in the way and, and what we should bring to the table as leaders? I mean, do we need to bring the know-it-all attitude or all the answers? No, you don't. And I think that is, uh, it's also where um, I, I see new sales leaders really mm. um, trip themselves up from a confidence perspective, because they don't feel like they have all of the answers. And so they almost kind of psych themselves out, um, because the connection that they're having with their sales team isn't authentic, right? It's steeped in insecurity, right? Because they feel that they need to have all of the answers. There's just a lot of bravado and it really really prevents people from authentically connecting um i'm huge on coaching so i, I yeah. spent actually some time um going through and, and getting certified as an executive coach because i feel that it is such an important component to to you know any leadership actually but especially to to sales leadership and I think it, it, it really reinforces, um, you know, my own kind of personal philosophy, right, is, um, you know, everybody is, we're all individuals. And, you know, when we're sitting down and, and we're having conversations, the best things that you can do is really ask those questions to understand um, what's going on with somebody, what their mindset is, what their approach is, usually what their fears are. So what's actually holding them back. Um, and, and it's through that, that you don't have to have all of the answers in your back pocket through having more authentic and genuine conversations. You can find the answer together. Mm. And, um, and, you know, I, I also think that, there's sometimes the answer isn't best placed with us right I've plenty of times kind of said you know what there's somebody else who overcame that exact fear why don't you spend some time with them right I really do think they'll have an interesting perspective and and through connecting with somebody who's got a shared experience that's way more valuable than me getting on the soapbox and and kind of giving them my two cents so just feeling okay with the fact that the answers do not always have to come from you it, it can just be connecting them with with resources i think it really takes the pressure off off those conversations yeah i i'm so glad you said that i I think that maybe one of the most important things you said that I'll articulate, I've, I've written now four more things I want to ask you about because of these great things you're bringing up. The answers don't always have to come from you. That is so well said. Um, I have my 21 laws of, of sales leadership and law three, you may chuckle when you hear this one is leaders on pedestals make easy targets. Right. And, right. And so Leaders on pedestals make easy targets. Law two is great leaders know they, they can't push people. They just have to help people push themselves. And, um, and, and, and I think that goes to your authenticity. And, and too many people really do feel like this responsibility. And that's why I think that 
imposter syndrome is so strong. I have a lot of leaders and it's not just the new ones, Jeanette. I have people that have been in sales leadership spots for quite a while that say, I don't think I have all the answers. I, I don't know how to help them solve their problem. And uh, especially in what's happened in the last year, I mean, we're all facing something that there wasn't a playbook for. And, you know, that led to people like feeling like I'm not sure how to lead these people. So I think your advice is spot on. I think that's awesome. I want to go back for a minute, if you don't mind. Yeah. You talked about creativity and then we went down one kind of rabbit hole on that. Mm -hmm. Can creativity be part of a team's culture? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really important part of of the culture. And, um, and there's things that you can do to really foster creativity and, uh, you know, as as leaders and create space for it. Um, And um, I think it's a, you know, a misconception to just think that people just bring their creative selves um you know in into the workplace you know um particularly depending on um kind of confidence level how long you've been in an organization how comfortable you feel you might not feel that you can bring your most creative self to to the team doesn't mean you're not creative and so as leaders we have to challenge ourselves and make sure that we are providing and creating space for that to become part of the fabric of the culture. I think that that's really an important one. I, I've spent a lot of time talking to leaders, especially on the show for the nearly the last three years and culture always comes up, but I think it was last year that I realized that creativity should probably be a hallmark of your culture. If you're a sales leader, because Man, I mean, right now, Jeanette, if if people haven't changed what they're doing, they're already in big trouble. Fair to say? Absolutely. And and if the only person that's going to try and take the ownership for let's change what we're doing is the sales leader, then that just is too narrow of a view, right? And I love how you said start with the top performers and, 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 and create this culture where people should be celebrated for the newest ideas. It's not maybe that they were the most successful, but it's that we tried something new. I I, I just feel like right now, that's something that strong leaders need to create a safety in trying something new. I mean, when we were uh, thinking about the strategy for real going into 2021, uh, and it's something I really try to do a different version of each each year. There's obviously, you know, I have my own ideas and there's there's things that I want to roll out to, to the business. And I always try to give everybody that same level of clarity or all aligned with, with where we're going kind of long term and, you know, what our journey looks like over the next 12 months. So everybody feels and knows the part that they're playing within that. But um, one of the things that I did when I looked at some of the, the streams of, of, um, of business that I wanted to grow, I actually went down to, you know, two levels, you know, sort of below and asked them to come up with the plans for 2021, right? You tell me what we should be doing, you know, and Love so... That. We kind of, um, we used that 
as the basis of discussion, right? So they presented all their ideas and there were ideas that I would not have thought of, you know, it was just so much great creativity and also being knowing that in some ways they're closer to customers than me than ever, right? Because they are in the trenches every single day. So it would be very arrogant of me to think that um, I'm going to have all of the insights around, um, around you know, customers, markets, et cetera. And so using that as the jumping off point, we then, you know, we, we, we sort of iterated from there. But I think where we ended up was a much better place than if I rolled something out kind of top down. And I think no matter what level of leadership you're at, you can do some version of that. And I promise you'll learn something. Yeah. Plus, it's got to do great things for the team to feel like they're there for more than just go out there and, you know, make your 50 calls or whatever it is, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, when people feel like they're having the opportunity to be an architect rather than just shut up and stay in your lane, right? They're invested then. They're invested because they feel part of it, you know. Um, I think any strategy that is rolled out versus co-created, you've kind of missed a trick. I like that. I want to go to another thing you talked about. You spent, uh, you, you got a little animated. I loved it when you got animated. I, I noted it down, so I want to come back to it. <laughs> you, you talked about building authentic relationships with the members of your team. Yeah. And that, you know, when you're just winging it, it makes it hard to be authentic about that relationship. I think that might be one of the most important assets that a sales leader can have is an authentic relationship with each member on their team. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> so I do get animated because I do think that authentic connection is so important and I actually think very few leaders do this do this well to be honest um and it as I mentioned before I think it's I think it's fear I think it's self-esteem issues I think it's it manifests as as kind of ego um and, and some people actually just really do think that they're that good that they they don't need to to connect authentically um but but for me um I am a really big believer in the power of uh, sort of human connection. And, and when I think about the, the leaders uh, that I've had within my career that, um, you know, I, I would basically walk through walls for, um, you know, they are, uh, it, it's their personal qualities that I connected with more than anything. And you don't really get to understand people's personal qualities unless they're prepared to allow you to see them. And so for me, I want to be seen as a leader and I want other people to feel seen by me. Um, And so um, perhaps uh, somewhat you know, there may be some gender things come in a little bit here around what people believe leadership should be. Um, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that. I mean, this is the sales leadership podcast and, and you bring a lot to that table. So if you have thoughts on that, I would love to hear it. 
Yeah, so, you know, I was actually doing a leadership event in Miami about two years ago, and we were kind of talking about what we would want people to to think of us, um, you know, as our leadership identity. And there was, like, various different um, things that, that kind of came up, you know, like driven, um, you know, um, successful, competitive. And, yeah, absolutely, I'm, I'm all of those things too. Um, but from a leadership perspective, perspective those things were important but there was nothing really on that connection side right so you know being vulnerable and and actually a really big one for me and I post about it a lot is kindness um so I think our job is one that where we're demanding performance right we're demanding high performance in a lot of ways and so it's more important than ever to lead with kindness um because sometimes I've got to let someone go for performance and you know that's going to have an impact on on their on their life for example but I want them to feel that I treated them with kindness through the process with dignity that I I did that in the most supportive possible way because I really do believe that we remember how people make us feel and um and I think there's an opportunity in in difficult times and also you can inspire people through that too right you can inspire people by um in the good times you know how you feel about working with and and for that person and so um yeah that's those are are some of my my kind of personal thoughts around it authentic when you're being authentic and you're leading with kindness are you ever met with skepticism at the beginning? I mean, do you have to prove it? I mean, how, how do they figure out that you're, that you're real when you're trying to lead with kindness? Um, because so many people have had bad sales leaders. Let's just be honest. There's a lot of bad sales leaders out there. And so when you try and be this other kind of sales leader, does it take time? Do you meet with skepticism sometimes? Any, any thoughts? Because again, the reason I ask is I always try to put myself in the shoes of one of our listeners that's walking their dog or sitting at their home office and they're listening to this. And they're thinking, I want, you know, am I doing that? Uh, any thoughts on becoming that person instead of just being that person and becoming it, is, it, yeah. it has some work, right? I think people can spot a fake a mile off, to be honest. So, you know, first and foremost, like, you know, how real are you actually being? You can't just wear a hat and then, um, you know, it, it's it's just, it's not part of the fabric of you. So I actually think you have to really connect with, um, you, you know, with kind of why that's who you want to be, because it, it isn't just a, I'm just going to, I'm just going to show this side of me. Like it actually has to be part of, of kind of who you are. I also think it's a misconception conception people sometimes think those types of qualities like kindness um and um you know vulnerability are um mean that you're a soft leader i don't think that you could go into my organization and find a single person that would say Jeanette's a soft leader absolutely (laughs) you know it's you know if you have already created a culture of accountability where there are boundaries in place and everybody knows what's expected those are the underpinnings that are so important because then you can be um you know uh you can be soft in how you approach things and gentle and kind in how you approach it but the impact 
effect. That's where that's where the you know the rubber meets the road, right? Is that that the consequences are the things that um, are are kind of actually quite hard. Um, but you don't have to deliver that that news or those consequences in in that way. So I, I think um, you know kindness is is really about you know being who you say you are and um and and everybody who works for a, um, a leader it takes time to get to know who they are and I think if you act inconsistent uh, you only have to act you, you know one in five times or one in ten times out of alignment with what you have said your values are as a leader for people to say ah, I knew it wow. she's you know so I think it really is about um understanding what your leadership brand is and being extremely intentional about following through with that um you can't half step that okay this is awesome so I've looked at my notes because we're starting to run low on time and I have one more topic I want to make sure we have enough time in but I think I have time for one last follow-up so if I look at developing sales leaders or becoming like a high impact sales leader we've talked about a few really important things we talked about this creativity, not getting choked out by the formula. Okay. Yeah. I liked that. Don't have all the answers. Put the ego on the shelf. I thought that was fantastic. We talked about building authentic reps, uh, relationships with your reps. Uh, I liked your quote. I can, I can spot a fake a mile away. I think you're right. And uh, kindness does not equal softness. I think that's a really good one too. And, and if you emphasize that as a leader, that's a great thing for you to build. Would there be a third thing that you would say to our listeners? This is something that will help you become a better sales leader. Is there one final thing so we can make it a a nice round three? (laughs) Yeah, I think that you, I think that clarity is everything, right? So often, um, you know, people, people struggle because there isn't that clarity of expectation. So just making sure that people really truly understand what's expected of them and that there's clear and consistent follow-up around that is, is just a, a, a quick way to a, a really quick win. I think as, as a leader to, to check that that is, is in place. Love it. Those are three great ways for our listeners to become better leaders. They do those three things. Good things are going to happen. Now we have a few more minutes I know that you are an active participant in fueling the success and the growth of the women in sales and the women in sales leadership movement. I'm a big supporter of that. Uh, I believe that you're doing great things. I like to be involved in helping with that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Why are you involved in that? What can sales leaders that are listening do to help this? Uh, Why does it matter? I'd love to just spend a little bit of time talking about that movement and your role in it. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, I could be on the soapbox about this all, all day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a female, a female uh, senior executive. I'm biracial and I came from a lower socioeconomic class. So in terms of just um, breaking through barriers, um, I understand what those barriers are and, um, and I understand how prohibitive they can feel. So it is very much, um, you know, personal as much as anything for me is that I, 
I on on the topic of of you know women in leadership and women in sales. I'm a I'm an advocate, and I want to help women to navigate um, some of those those barriers and overcome them. I do a lot around mentoring. I, I sit on the um, Women in Leadership Council for the American Staffing Association, which is really looking at how to to impact this industry wide, you know, let alone company wide. Um, so so yeah, I um, I'm very passionate about it. What can sales leaders do to to be? I guess I don't know if it's more involved, but how, how what are things they should do? Because nobody wants to say, oh, just go hire more women. I mean, that's not that's demeaning, right? It's, it's not just oh, because of your race. But how can they be more sensitive and be better at this, if that makes sense? Yeah. And the other thing is there's more than enough women in sales. That's not, of course. Yeah. Right. The issue is providing an inclusive environment where it's actually okay for, um, you know, that there's, there's a level playing field for, for people to advance within those roles. And so a big part of that is just understanding even some of the communication differences and, and the, 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 you know, being being okay with the fact that not every sales leader is is an, is going to be an alpha male right and that actually a woman can do this job and she might not look and sound and say the same things as you but she can be just as competent and maybe even more so so, so yeah that understanding and and providing an environment that that allows women to thrive yeah. What about like other things like mentoring? I mean, I think it's a good idea to like take a role in mentoring people and prepare them for those roles. Right. And, and be, be intentional about that. I think that's a simple way is to, is to find people to mentor and, and, and help them get access to opportunities and information and experiences, maybe just a little faster and, and prepare them. So it's easier for them to step into those roles and thrive in those roles. Um, I, I, I think that's a, a, an easy way to get started. I, I would love your thoughts around that. No, I think that's huge. And I think every, I think everyone, male and female, should, um, should look to mentor and sponsor high potential um, females within the organization because actually you, not only does that provide benefit for the mentee, but you learn a lot as well as the mentor. You're like, oh, I actually didn't even realize that that was an issue that, um, you know, women face in leadership. Let me go back and make sure my own house is in order. So I think there's so many different benefits to creating those mentoring relationships um, that I would highly kind of re- recommend that any sales leader um, make sure that that's something that they are, are actively um, actively participating in and make sure that you have a mentor as well, you know, so mentor others and, and have a mentor. I mean, that's just great practice full start. Any advice on how to get a mentor? I, I think this is a really great one. It's a really good way for us to wrap and then start to shut this thing down. How do you yeah. go get a good mentor? I, I love that you brought that up. To the, we have lots of listeners that are aspiring to be sales leaders. How do you get good mentors? Well, I mean, in your organization, there's, there's usually, uh, you know, you, you know, who the good people are. And so it's just a matter of asking. I think in um, being proactive about ex- joining external organizations that kind of align with where you want to go um, provides really great mentoring opportunities. And for me, when I just spot people that are ahead of me, 
and I, I just they feel that they are um, they're they're going on a path that I want to be on. I mean, reach out to people, ask them for advice, and and you can create a lot of unofficial mentoring um, scenarios too. And also, don't be afraid to kind of invest in yourself if if that's if that's what it takes. Um, I actually work with Heather Monahan. She's my business mentor, and she's amazing. And uh, yeah, that was that was a uh, you know something like I asked my company to invest in for me and and it's been it's been instrumental in in growth for me yeah Heather Monahan's been on the show and we actually are already scheduled to have her come back later this year Uh, she gets ready to release another book and so big fan of her I think you get great advice um two both of those are good I, I think reaching out to people and having that informal like I have a lot of people and probably happens to you you probably have a lot of people reaching out to you I always appreciate when someone asks. I mean, I can't always do it, but I never am angry that someone asked ever, never. So ask with confidence. And then the second one is, um, I think that executive coaching is becoming the new perk. I'm not surprised that your organization was willing to to help invest in you. Um, I have some of my customers that do it themselves. I'm thinking of one of a couple of my sales leaders that I coach. They just chose, they want, they want that and their company wasn't ready to do it. So they just did it themselves. But I don't think it's, I'm seeing that as a new perk that organizations are willing to to do. You found a coach, they they quite often are willing to pay for that. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's great ROI. I mean, the ROI is great. Yeah, it's huge. All right, this has been awesome. Any final thoughts on on what we've talked about before we hit rapid fire and shut this down? We've talked about sales and sales leadership and and women's sales leadership. Uh, Any final thoughts if you were to wrap that up before we kind of shut this down? Listen, I think there's, I, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I think that being prepared to always being a learner is is key right so it doesn't matter what stage of of leadership you're at if you are if you approach your career always with humility and are prepared to keep on learning that's what's going to keep you top of your game so i just would encourage everyone to to keep being keep being a learner is something that's been so critical to to my success okay awesome we're going to hit the rapid fire section you ready okay Okay, biggest sales leadership challenge you see out there right now. And then how do you beat it? Finding great talent, honestly, finding great talent. And I think we just have to be better at how we, what we view great talent to, to be, better at assessing talent, um, you know, in, in order to, to combat that. Okay, it's a good one. I mean, it's hard to make chicken salad out of chicken poop, right? And uh, <laughs> that's a good one. I can't wait to get your answer on this one just because of your background and what you do. One, this is kind of a fan favorite. This was actually asked by our, our listeners to ask this question. So this has been a fun one. When you're interviewing salespeople or building your team, do you have a go-to interview question or topic that you like? And what is it you're looking for when you ask it? I've got lots of them, but the, one of my favorites, I, I asked them what their um, great, the greatest adversity that they faced and how they overcame it. And obviously, um, you know, in sales, I mean, 
gosh, you are going to face adversity and, um, you know, how you how you meet that challenge is is everything. So I like to really just sort of understand their their level of resilience and, and really what their approach has been to that. Okay. Awesome. Like that. That's a really good one because no one's ever going to just get layup drills. We're going to get beat up every day in what we do for a living. Right. And uh, the last one, we found that leaders are readers. Is, is, is there something that you found that has been particularly helpful that you would share with our listeners that they might read or, or kind of consume and, and if they wanted to advance their sales leadership journey? Yeah, I'm going to go anti anti um, an, an anti core sales book here, and so to read um, a book like Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Just because, finished that book. I love that book because that is about leadership, you know, and and that is um, you know is is going to do so much. I think to to kind of uh, to to help people to shift their mindset around what makes a great leader. That is a good one. I, you're the first one to say that book. And so we'll add that to our list. And I endorse that, that choice. That is a good, mm-hmm. good book. Jeanette, this was awesome. You, you were fun. You were, inf- you were insightful. I, I, I congratulate you on your success. I appreciate your willingness to share just a little bit with our listeners around the world. If people want to connect with you, if people want to continue the conversation with you, if people want to learn more about specialty staffing, specialist staffing group, how do they connect with you? How do they, how do they engage with you? How do they keep the conversation going? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn every single day. So I'm yep. sharing, sharing insights, sharing thoughts. So would love to hear from, from people on that platform. Um, yeah, you can connect with me at, at Jeanette Harvey. Okay. Hook up with her, connect with her. She has great content every day. She inspires me on a regular basis. Um, you will not be disappointed if you do that. Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us. You're doing amazing things. You're, you're taking what the market gives and then some. I appreciate you sharing the, these three ways that people can become more high-impact sales leaders. And, and I'll finish with you the way I finish with everyone. Thanks and happy selling. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. Listen, I don't take advertisements on the show. I've had a lot of people reach out and want to maybe do something. Um, uh, the only group that I'll advertise is, is the work that I do. I, I, I'm having a blast. I'm working with sales leaders around the world. And this year, 2021, you know, the prediction is coming true that we are seeing the sales leader have more impact than ever before. There's so many things we've had to deal with that we haven't had to deal with this way. You know, things like re- resiliency and, and changing the process and got to plan differently and adapt more and adapt faster. Man, all the usual things are changing and now there's so many new things that leaders have to address. So much so that more than ever before, you need to know that you are not on your own. Uh, I, I hear that a lot, that people are just like kind of feeling a lot of pressure and they feel on their own. And so if you want to take things up a level, Hit me up, zip me a message, um, reach out to me. I'm easy to find, I'm easy to make contact with, and I'm helping sales leaders all around the world right now. One of the easiest ways is my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United. I have exclusive content, it'll help you take your leadership game up to the next level, and it's for the cost of lunch, right? It's, it's such an easy place to start, it's a can't-miss opportunity. If you've not looked at Sales Leadership United, check it out and let me know what you think. 
The other way is executive coaching is just growing ridiculously fast. I'm helping people create impact much faster than they ever thought. They're getting the biggest raises of their career. They're getting promotions faster. It is so fun to see people improve so fast um, because I'm helping them uh, you know, get impact faster, but maybe just as interesting as avoid mistakes that too many leaders make unnecessarily. So if you've never found out what it's like to have a coach on your side, now's an awesome time to give it a try. If you want to learn how a coach can help, hit me up. Adding method to the madness of sales leadership will do more than you could imagine, faster than you thought possible. I've found that most companies have invested big in their sales team, but they generally leave their leaders on their own to figure it out. So if you got a big number you're chasing, maybe you're scratching your head or taking deep breaths trying to get to it, hey, I got you. Let's add some method to madness, and I want to help you navigate that maze faster than you thought you might be able to. Now, that, that conversation we just had, that was fun. I was so pumped to have Jenny join me. She's done impressive work, and I've been a fan of her for a long time now. She's a fantastic leader, and I hope you found her as authentic and insightful as I did. She brought such an interesting perspective that we've never really addressed before. What's your leadership identity? That's a great question. What is your sales leadership identity? You know, ask yourself, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to exhibit for your team members? She gave a killer blueprint. This is such a great way to build a leadership cadence that people will get behind. There is so much to go back and listen to, but there's a couple of things that really stand out to me. The first is her commitment to authenticity. She really lit up when she spoke about this. Um, We are taking individuals on journeys that are unique to each person. And as she said, you cannot wing it. You also can't just go through the motions. You can't rubber stamp things. You have to meet people where they are. And this is one of my favorite concepts right now. Meeting people where they are. Here's what that means to me. You have to connect to the individual wherever they are and find ways to help them in ways that matter to them. Too often we set a standard and say, get here. Start where they are and set new standards regularly. And, and that's why I love Jenny's point she made Early in the, in the show, she was very quick to point out that we don't always have to have an answer to everything as sales leaders. The answers don't always have to come from you. It reminded me of a one-on-one I had with a great sales leader just last week. She told me she wanted to talk about a specific individual on her team. She was at the end of her coaching rope. She shared what was happening and what she had already done. And then she asked me the question, Rob, what would you do if you were me? Now, it was a really interesting question. I get a lot of questions, but this was just so direct and so poignant. It was someone that felt like she didn't have any more answers and she was empty. It was just an interesting perspective to me because I thought about it. My answer was to have the persons bring their own plan, their own development plan to her. So this leader would then have the opportunity to ask better questions and, and, and better guide the journey that the rep wanted to go on. Because I think that too many times we try to be a source of answers, a source of support a source of knowledge, but we don't always have to know everything. Helping people solve their own problems by meeting where they are is always the best move. I've been thinking a lot about the difference between the words equip and enable. Sales enablement is blown up. Uh, If you think about what sales enablement is about, it's very specific about providing tools to people at the moment they need it. I'm really focusing on equipping people though. Um, sales leaders, we want to equip our reps. We don't need to just enable them. We have lots of people that can help us enable people. Our job is to help them become more capable, 
more prepared to do their job. And to, you know, equipping, if you go look it up, you know, look up the definition of equip or equipping, the, the direct definition is to prepare someone for a particular situation or task, both mentally and physically. So enabling is about providing tools, but equipping is much more than that. It's about preparing them. And, and that's what I think our role as leaders is really about, is how do we equip and prepare people to win and to grow? And that's one of the reasons I love Jenny's approach so much. Jenny talked a ton about kindness and other things I think are so very important. But I want to finish this so what section with a word that I have not stopped thinking about since she used it on the show. And the word is co-create. Co-creating means both you and your reps are navigating the maze together. Um, that you're creating plans together. That you're not just doing spreadsheet leadership and applying a company average to an individual. You're creating well-lit pathways for an individual to have success in ways that are unique to them. Now, that's hard. A lot of leaders say, I don't have time to do that. But my argument to you would be, you need to find ways to make that happen. Because that's the only way that you're going to have a leadership style that's going to be a winner. So I want to finish with this. What do you want to be known for? Take the time this week to write those things down. I mean, there's some obvious ones. You want to have results. You want to be successful. You may want to be inspiring. You want to be motivational. But I think to Jenny's point, there's much more important things than just those outcomes. And so write those things down and then put them in a structure that allows you to engage your team in ways that allows these attributes to shine. So here's to creating a leadership identity you can be proud of. An identity that created both results and trust. Because those are the attributes that lead to legendary leadership identities. Jenny, thank you for joining me. It was a terrific conversation, and I'm so glad you chose to join me. If you don't follow Ginny already, reach out to her. She shares terrific content, and she will help you in your leadership journey. And thanks to each of you, our listeners. I appreciate the five-star reviews on iTunes. I appreciate you reaching out to me directly. I look forward to more of those reviews and more of those interactions, and I hope to hear from more of you this very week. So please make this a week of being intentional about your leadership identity. Be the leader that people get in line to follow because of the way you engage each individual on your team. I hope each of you is off to a great start. And I hope each of you has made the decision not to worry and just execute. Because as you know, we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.